it's this concept of imperfect environmentalism and it's always better to be doing something rather than nothing and shifting that mindset to like how can I better consume will also shift like a voting mindset and like more of an activism mindset as well of just like it's better to act and do something than to just like be like oh well it'll always be that way so I simply can't fix it. Welcome to the Build with Braybeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Build with Braybeck podcast. Happy Thursday. I hope that you had a lovely, restful, fun Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I hope that you got time off of work. I hope that you got to see some friends or family, people that you wanted to see. Um, Yeah, it was nice. I had almost a whole week off, which just felt super needed. Got to see some fam, especially after last year not being able to go home because of COVID. Um, So that was just, just lovely. Uh, This week has been a little rough getting back into the swing of things, but it feels good to like be on a schedule, to be sitting here recording an intro for the podcast um, because it felt weird not releasing an episode last week and I didn't like it. And I've been like toying with the idea of taking some time off during like the holidays um, and then starting like a season two. But but I miss you guys. So I don't know if I can do that. Um, okay. Well, to get right down into things, highs and lows. I think really my high was just that, like the time off, the time to see family. I did a Friendsgiving slash birthday on Saturday with a bunch of my besties. So that was lovely. Um, Just like it's been a nice time. I am fully in the holiday spirit. My apartment is decorated. I am Christmas shopping, all the things. But now I toyed with the idea of whether or not I should share this low. And my pride says, don't you fucking dare. But my heart says, you have to share. Because that was the point of the highs and the lows. Like, when embarrassing things happen, it must be revealed. So here we go. Please keep listening to the podcast after this confession. So on Friday, I was driving back to the city after uh, leaving my parents' house after Thanksgiving, and I get a flat tire. That's a low in and of itself. It sucks. It's annoying. Whatever. So I get on my phone, call roadside assistance through my app, my like insurance app, and then I'm like sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Also have my dog in the backseat. 
Mr. Poe. So he's kind of just like, Mom, what are we doing? Just sitting on the side of the road. Let's keep it moving. And then I get a phone call after waiting for a little bit that um, I'm on a restricted road because I was on the pike. They can't send roadside assistance, so they have to call the state police, whatever. And then, like, then they, like, transfer me to the state police, and the state police are just, like, like, so Boston. All right, honey. Yeah, maybe we'll see if we can get someone out there for you. And I'm like, maybe? We'll see? Like, that doesn't sound very promising. No time frame, nothing. Just, like, sit tight. Maybe someone's coming. Okay. And I had had a full Dunkin's coffee. So I had to pee like a motherfucking racehorse. I was dying. Um, and I'm like, this is going to be forever. This is going to be forever. They may never show up. And I was on, I pulled over on like an overpass. So I couldn't even like sneak into like the woods or something and use the facilities. So I was like, you know what? You're either going to pee your pants, you're going to be in so much pain, or you can pee into this Duncan's cup. Like, you can do it. I'm talking myself up in my head. I'm like, I've never done something like this before. But, like, it's a very wide-rimmed cup. Like, can you really mess that up, you know? So, slid my seat all the way back, pulled down the pantaloons, and peed in a cup. And... I was so proud of myself because I did not get a single drip anywhere other than inside the cup. Not even one. Like literally, I, in my mind, I was like, wow, nailed to that execution. Good job, Mandy. And then two seconds after getting that cocky, the cup slipped out of my hands, and I spilled the entire thing onto the floor of my car. So I might as well have just squatted down and peed on the floor of my car. I hope that you're laughing because it is the most ridiculous thing that I have ever done. Um, Luckily, I was super hydrated. Like, I drank so much water after dinner on Thanksgiving and Friday morning that, like, it it made the situation a little better. But, oh, my gosh. Like, who am I? Uh, So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Recommendations. I mean, I've started watching some, like, Christmas movies. None of those are a hot take. Oh, I did watch the new one, Love Hard, on Netflix. It was horrible. But, like, it was cute. Um, you know, just like a stupid Christmas movie, but it was cute. Um, watched the new season of Selling Sunset, which I was so excited about and come for me if you will, but I felt like it fell so motherfucking flat, like all of these smart business women that are selling, I mean, in air quotations, selling. Like, are they really selling these houses? Like, I'm pretty sure they're just characters on the show. But selling these, like, multi-million dollar houses. They're slinging them, making lots of money. And the literal only thing, the only storyline we can have for all 10 episodes is, like, some catty drama that was from, like, 
10 years ago. Like, I kid you not, if you haven't watched it yet, this is not a spoiler alert, but every single episode is just talking about Christine. And, like, two things with that, in my opinion. Christine is a narcissist, so, like, must we give her the time of day? Like, she is toxic. It's just, like, it just feels like such lazy television making of, like, yeah, let's give this, like, gaslighter narcissist who's, like, super toxic um, just, like, this platform and just, like, let her thrive. And then the other part is exactly what I just said. Like, they have nothing better to talk about than this. And, like, I know that they do. I'm sure that the producers just were, like, oh, you're together, talk about Christine, like, and then only used that footage. But it just felt – it was, like, really boring. By the 10th episode, we were, like, can we talk about anything else? Like, this isn't even relevant. And then it, like, came out that the, this whole drama – with this like mystery man was someone that still worked at the Oppenheim group. So like just pull him down from upstairs wherever he's hiding and like talk it out. It was so bizarre. It just felt and made it feel so phony and like, ugh, I don't know. It did not sit well with me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we watched. Oh my God. The Jonas Brothers family roast. I heard that this got, like, poor reviews. I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever watched. I've never watched any of, like, the roasts. Highly recommend Jonas Brothers Family Roast. I was cackling. Cackling. Netflix. Check it out. Um, Okay. One quick announcement, and then I'm going to hop into the episode. It's such a good one, so I don't really want to waste any time. And we talked for, like, a full hour. So going to try to keep this short and sweet. So if you follow me on Instagram, then you definitely saw this yesterday, but um, I have officially launched and announced my newest baby, my little project that I am just so, so excited about, Build Your Best Body Image. It is going to be a 10-week program that starts on Monday, January 10th, so we have a little bit of time, but just trying to get the bug in people's ears now, as I know, um, you know, we're all thinking about what do we want out of the new year? And I want you to think about this. How many years have you set out on a like wellness journey? Maybe it's trying Whole30 or doing the keto diet or intermittent fasting or any of, you know, those popular diets or doing a cleanse or something like that where you're promised all of these things or you have that hope of like, this is going to be the diet that finally works for me and I'm finally going to have a year of liking the way my body looks and feeling good about myself. And that's all well and good. But how many times have those diets actually made you feel that way and those feelings lasted? longer than a few weeks, you know? So I implore you to consider something that can work through those things from the inside out um, to actually improve the quality of your life through improving your relationship with your body 
unlearning a lot of things that society has taught you to feel about your body and think about your body, Um, improving your relationship with food, with exercise, finding joy in movement. So honestly, you might exercise more because you might be able to find movement that you enjoy. Um, And then, of course, improving your body image, figuring out how to find body confidence within yourself, learning about embodiment, um, and really feeling at home within your body, which is such a rare thing, sadly. Um, So I'm really excited to just help some ladies um, just feel better and find lasting change. I think that's the biggest part. Um, And give real tools because I feel like I've been to so many events that are about body image and it's great to have the space to discuss body image stuff um, and like talk through it. But so few of them I feel have given real tools to then bring out into your life and that's exactly what I want to give on the hard days. I want you to be able to reach into that toolbox and get through it and figure out why you're feeling that way and being able to kind of like switch your mindset a little bit. Um, yeah, that's basically it. So um, until December 15th, it is 50% off. So it is $250. Um, you will get 10 weeks of self-guided modules on all the topics that I just shared. You will get weekly journal prompts, activities, meditations, um, that good stuff, access to a private Facebook group for accountability and community, um, and some optional live discussions, Q&As, workouts, meditations, all the good stuff. Um, If you have any questions, please, please, please reach out. I am so happy to answer all of them. If you want to do a payment plan or if finances are an issue, but you really feel called to do this, let's chat. I don't want finances to be a barrier, okay? Um, So yeah, I'm so excited. I'm also so excited for this episode. Um, I've kind of been sitting on this one for a while, so itching to release it. And really quickly before we get started, I want to just let you all know that you can enjoy 15% off Viv for Your V products, sustainable, toxin-free tampons, liners, pads, um, the the cup, all of the things, okay? 15% off with code BUILDWITHBRAYBACK, all one word. All right, I'm going to link it down in the show notes, but get that good good, okay? Enjoy. This week's guest is taking the period game by storm. That sounds bizarre, but she is the founder of Viv for Your V, an earth-friendly and toxin-friendly period care brand. Toxin-free, not (laughs) toxin-friendly. We're not friendly to the toxins. Um, Birthed right here in Boston. After graduating Boston College in just 2019 with a degree in marketing and managing social impact, her passion for female empowerment and sustainability drew her to creating a brand that would help women 
rather than feed on their insecurities. Since then, Viv For Your V has been featured in Forbes, Her Campus, Boston Business Journal, and more, and even just had their very first feminist bodega pop up in Cambridge. When she's not slinging sustainable period care, you can find her bopping around Boston's fitness scene, sipping oat milk lattes, or listening to Lizzo, big same. I am so excited to chat with the woman behind this amazing brand. Welcome to the podcast, Katie Diasti. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat more. I am pumped too. I remember like, I guess probably over the last couple of years, friends of mine on Instagram posting about um, your company and being like drawn to the branding and stuff. But I haven't had a period in a long time because I've been on IUD, which is changing next week. So I will be hitting you oh, up. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but like just being so intrigued by the brand. So I'm excited that now full circle moment we're here chatting. Yay. Oh my gosh. It always like warms my heart hearing that people had even heard about us. Um, so that's very exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure as it grows and you get that more often, it still feels like wait, this isn't just an idea that I had. Like, yeah, no, this is just something I like wrote about <laughs> in my journal and talked to a few people about. <laughs> yeah, even at our pop-up events, someone came and was like, yeah, I'm subscribed to Tamalons and my jaw like dropped. I was like, oh my God, I'm meeting you in real life. And I, yes. I think all of our customers are like my best friend. I don't know if they feel the same, but um, I immediately am like, oh, well, you are a Viv customer. I want to be your best friend now. Yep. <laughs> See how that conversation goes. Yep. That is very relatable. I feel the same way. Anytime anyone like, which probably far less than people talking about yours, but anytime anyone like reaches out about the podcast that like, I don't know personally, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, they probably just want to say like, that was nice. Like <laughs> they don't want to share yeah. that story. Yeah. I go on a full tangent about like their period journey and they're like, oh, you're a complete stranger. I'm <laughs> right. details, but I, I genuinely want to know every detail. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, I'm sure we'll get into all those juicy details. Um, but I always kind of love to start off just letting the guest kind of share their story, their background, what got them to the point um, that they are right here. So let's bring it back. Um, I was going to start with asking, like, you know, you graduated from BC in 2019 and then what happened, but maybe the journey starts a little bit before that for you. So you start it where you want. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Florida, um, so was really attracted to honestly fall and <laughs> wanted that. Yeah. Um, and I have this really, really big um, Egyptian family and I have like 20 some cousins. We all live in Tampa. And at the time I didn't realize realize it, but my uncles are actually all entrepreneurs mm -hmm. um, for the most part that are in medicine. And so like healthcare and entrepreneurship were always like very prominent things in my life, which now is like makes so much sense of like why I'm passionate about Viv and, and leading to that. Right. But went to Boston College and um, studied marketing, studied something called managing social impact, which was new. And I was getting really frustrated with a lot of my business classes because I was like, okay, we're like, we're just going to destroy the planet. Like this doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Um, so finally found like a field of study I was passionate about and 
was really excited about like mission-driven brands. And when I was in my, I think my second year at BC, it was the 2016 election. And it was like the first time brands were ever talking about social issues. And yeah. it was really exciting to me that a brand could kind of like break that barrier and actually influence people. And it was kind of like brands were representing the voice of the people when the government wasn't. Um, mm. So I thought like, hey, like marketing, branding, like building more of a social mission can actually be really impactful um, and not just like driven by capitalism. So fell in more into what that concept. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's still something I'm grappling with too, like being a like consumer brand, like for-profit company. It's like, how can we actually like impact others? Um, and then my senior fall, I took this class called entrepreneurial marketing. And I just really liked the professor. So it was a really small class. And the whole thing was like very classic entrepreneurship, find a problem, come up with a solution for it, mm -hmm. which is basically my day-to-day -day of just like problems coming up and finding solutions for them the yeah. best we can. Um, and I was um, going through and was like studying the hygiene space in particular and was really frustrated with like the way the hygiene space and the beauty industry spoke to women and like how every product was marketed towards like fixing something about ourselves that was like an actual like natural component of our bodies right. rather than empowering us and we we're starting to see that shift more and more with like clothing brands and skincare brands like starting to understand that our generation is not going to accept like being brought down and um, then I dove into the period care space and it seemed like I was unraveling all of these issues and it wasn't just like the products themselves. Cause I was learning about the toxins in period care and how much plastic waste was involved in period care. I learned that one menstrual pad was equivalent to about four plastic bags of waste. And I was shocked cause I was trying to like be very eco-conscious and bring my cup to the coffee shop every morning and all of those like small right. swaps, but didn't realize that's something that had happened to me every month that I was like creating a space, but wasn't even aware of it. Um, well, you were never taught that. So yeah, no one was talking about it. And it was something I think a lot of like big brands and big industry just hide from us, which is wild. And um, then I was started digging through and was starting to see like a few toxin-free brands, but nothing that like really related to me mm -hmm. um, and realized that there needed to be a brand like for young millennials and Gen Zers who wanted something that was more eco-conscious, but also socially conscious. And so kind of built Viv for like me as a target audience. And it's nice because our team are all like folks that are 24 and younger um, who have periods. And so like we're our own target audience exactly right. uh, it's been really cool because then we were like huh like, what do we want um from a brand like what and we can bring our friends together and such and I remember actually at BC I would do these focus groups on campus but it was like <laughs> my friends in circles and we would just um I would just ask them all these questions about their periods and that's what like kick-started the initial concept um of just like working on Viv. I love that. No, I was literally just about to be like, yeah, that's awesome. Like there's no guesswork. You could literally have like your own focus groups that are just, you know, the people that you interact with all the time. <laughs> that is really funny. That's awesome. So then you graduated BC and you had started 
the concept and doing these focus groups? What were like your next steps? Yeah. So during my senior spring, I did a little accelerator at BC was still just like doing a lot of research and learning wasn't actually building anything. I think like the act of like starting was very daunting to me as it is, I think for a lot of people who begin their own thing, like starting is the hardest part. Yeah. Um, Especially as like someone that's graduating college when they're just being told like, go get a nine to five, go get a job. That's going to give you that healthcare, that 401k. (laughs) And the funny part was, is that's what I did. So that like November of my senior year, I had signed a full-time job offer. Um, and I like spoiler, I guess never actually went there. Never actually got to that full-time job. Um, after I graduated, I had jumped into like a full-time accelerator program. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was awesome because I actually like started looking for manufacturing and like building a brand and, um, started like at least the basics, like website, social media, like trying to create something rather than doing research and thinking about the concept. Um, and during this whole time I had my like full-time job offer, like start date looming in the distance. And eventually, um, I had finished the accelerator and I was like, dang it, my full-time job starts in like a month, but I'm spending like way more than full-time hours working on this. Right. right like I can't fit this in after work every day. <laughs> no. And I was like, huh, like it's really going to take a toll or like I pause quite a bit if I do that. So my short-term reaction was just push my start date back a bunch. So I like mm-hmm. would call and like push my start date back a couple months. Then a few months later, like call again and push it back. And I eventually it was like December, 2019. Um, I had sent them an email and the like HR recruiter called me immediately. And I was trying to like schedule a call for later in the week to like emotionally prepare myself. Yeah, right. And they just immediately called my son and were like, what's up? And I was like, gave my whole speech about how I'm like trying to change the world and like work on my startup and yada, yada. And it was probably like a 20 second phone call. Cause they were like, okay, no problem. Like, and hung up. Right. Like clearly <laughs> you're not in it. We can find someone else that's going to be in it, which is like at the time, probably so scary. But one of those moments where like, when people say, if it's not like a hell yes, it's a hell no. I mean, your gut is just telling you like, maybe that's what people are telling me I should do, but my heart is not in it. Like, so thank goodness that, you know. Exactly. I just, it's so funny because I like actually enjoy what I do and get up every day, like really excited to do my job and like go to bed. But I'm like, dang it. Like, I really wanted to do all these things today. And like, obviously some weeks are harder and some days were more exhausted, but it's, I'm just so happy. I'm like actually doing a career that I'm passionate about. And I have so many friends who just like hate their jobs or are unhappy with it. And I just think like at this point in my life, it would have been silly to not take that like very risky jump. Um, because I think I would have looked back and regretted not ever like giving it a full shot. So was very happy I took that very risky leap even though I probably had no idea what I was doing then still (laughs) um no one ever really does (laughs) yeah like well no one knows what they're doing is what I've definitely learned (laughs) thus far um and shortly after that we like launched our initial product which Mm -hmm. was our just our bamboo based pads and liners and 
that was the core product to begin with. And I learned so much so fast about even just shipping out product. Like I should have spent more time in the USPS store prior because <laughs> yeah. I learned a crazy amount trying to ship out our pre-orders and apparently had done it completely wrong the first time. And the USPS lady was just like the nicest person on earth because she was like, uh-oh, like you packed all of these boxes incorrectly and you're like no it's like I'll still take it but like just you know next time so I owe her one for sure (laughs) Um, but making all those mistakes were so helpful because then now we like know the process completely inside and out and have iterated our products so much have launched new products and changed our packaging and branding a ton since then I love that that's so cool I mean it's like Obviously, I'm sure just a learning curve, you know, like you think one thing's a solution and then you keep finding different things. Um, Okay, so then eventually you added on the menstrual cup and are those the three products? we We did our bamboo pads and liners and then that summer we launched our menstrual cup and then this past April, we just launched our tampons. My gosh, that's so cool. Um, Well, let's talk about like, I guess the reasoning more as to why this is so important. Um, Obviously you spent a while studying like the sustainability issues within women's care. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of people, obviously it's like a landfill and whatever. And people hear that kind of stuff all the time about like half the stuff that we use every day. And it can be super daunting to like, oh my God, where do I start? But like, this is something that if you do get a period every month, like you're contributing a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Tell me everything we need to know. It's been so interesting because it's not made, I think we've, we've been really big on TikTok recently and like, backlash on a recent TikTok that like went semi-viral and of course it would all of the comments were like mean tweens like on their phones As it um, <laughs> and um none of it is made to like make people feel guilty and it's funny because we the reason we started it is because we were frustrated with like these large corporations like the reason I started it was because I was needed a change because no one else was doing that and so right. a lot of times we'll educate and acknowledge that like whatever you're doing now is okay but here's the education like here are the facts and like we're going to do our best to create a product that works just as well if not better feels more comfortable and is just as affordable or accessible to you in some capacity um and I think a lot of brands will do sustainability in a really uninclusive way yeah for sure but really really high prices or just like make things that just don't work and are uncomfortable. And we are really conscious about that when like picking out our exact materials and like even our pricing of product. And I remember talking to a lot of mentors early on that are like, oh, you can raise your prices so much on this. And it's like, but why? One, right. like, you know, our, our target customers and we're not out here spending tons of extra money on period products at all. Um, we're definitely on that, not at that point in our careers. And then, yeah it's just kind of creating this divide of who can actually afford sustainability and like who can access it and that was really frustrating to us as well so 
it's been this like back and forth of just being like, hey, like here's one easy step you can make to kind of vote with your dollars. And while it's not going to necessarily end climate change by you swapping your tampons, um, we have this kind of, I'm wearing our show up in perfectly sweatshirt right now, so it's very fitting. Um, But it's this concept of imperfect environmentalism and it's always better to be doing something rather than nothing and shifting that mindset to like, how can I better consume will also shift like a voting mindset and like more of an activism mindset as well of just like, it's better to act and do something than to just like be like, oh, well, it'll always be that way. So I simply can't fix it. Right. Or just writing things off of like, oh, that's an expensive, inconvenient thing. Like it's not for me or something like that. Yeah. 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 I love that so much. And I definitely have talked to your friend who I used to work with, uh, McKenna. Yeah. About that, because obviously she is big sustainability queen. Love to see it. Um, but there can be so much pressure. I mean, if you turn on the news any day, it's like this daunting thing that's hanging over our head that I think like I want to say our generation, but I'm a little older than you. So <laughs> but like the collective yeah. younger generation, you know, yeah. um, where it's like this is on us. So but it's so scary and overwhelming of like, I don't even know where to start besides like not using plastic straws. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that was the start of it. But instead of trying to change everything and getting burnt out, it's like starting like a fitness journey, you know? Yeah. And you're like, I'm not going to eat all these four different food groups. I'm going to exercise seven days a week. (laughs) Like that's going to last two days. It's the same idea. Like you can make some small changes and that's so much better if everyone makes teeny tiny changes along the way rather than a couple people changing their whole lives, you know? Oh my God. Absolutely. I know that we always call it, um, eco anxiety, like what we're all facing and yeah, it's been like so, so prominent and it's wild. Even when I'm like throwing away things it's like or when I'm in a grocery store it's so funny how I just get so consumed by like oh my god I really want to buy that thing but it in a plastic container but it's like very interesting that we're not the ones causing it to be in that plastic but we're also trying it's very overwhelming and it can be like debilitating and then we oftentimes have to pick and choose like where we're being sustainable which is really frustrating yeah for sure um, but I'm excited because I think there's a lot of like young innovators that are really focused on that and are like bringing more change to more industries that will make it easier for us. Um, but then we're like currently living in all these natural disasters. Like we have a hurricane that happened yesterday I know. in New Orleans and like all these fires and right. Like so. the world is literally on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the, the world's on fire currently. So Oh, yes, it's super ominous. I feel like anytime I open up TikTok, it's super informative, but I've found myself in a corner of TikTok that's like talking a lot about uh, the climate issues, which like I fully believe in and want to do things to change. But like sometimes when I'm on TikTok, I don't want to see what the map of the United States is going to look like (laughs) if we don't change things. 
no offense if I have any Nebraska listeners, I don't want to live in Nebraska. <laughs> I enjoy living in Boston. Oh, oh, that's so true. I know oftentimes it's, I think it's healthy to like get away from it too. Like I think it's healthy to just watch funny memes and like hilarious videos on TikTok that are dumb. Like I think that's good for our mental health sometimes too. And yeah, totally. No way going to like disengage with it. Um, I think it's like older generations who disengage with it the entire time. (laughs) Yes. By like only watching Fox News. Yes. (laughs) News being the non operative word there. (laughs) Work line there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. But back to sustainability. So I did see one of your recent Instagram posts on the brand's Instagram that all the pads and liners used in 2020 are now fully decomposed, which like what a really cool statistic to even be able to say, like, that's crazy. So, I mean, I'd love to hear like what that means to you. Any like background behind that? Like how much more difficult is it to like get those materials for your products and Mm -hmm. how long are the tampons and pads that aren't using those materials sitting in landfills, you know? Yeah, that was cool because when we were first like figuring out our core materials, um, I wanted to like think beyond like what traditional products were using and at their core, they were just using like bleach cotton with lots of chemicals in them. And so for our pads liners, they're actually made out of the bamboo fiber core um, and bamboo's really cool crop. I mean, really nerdy for a second. Um, (laughs) Nerd out. I want to hear it. (laughs) it uses way less land less water it grows best without any additional like fertilizers chemicals anything but then once it grows it's also a softer fiber we always get so many comments how soft soft our pads and liners are and then it also absorbs more so our pads and liners will absorb like four to five times the amount as a traditional pad you'd find from a big box retailer at CVS or something. And so um, yeah, and it's funny because bamboo grows so fast and so abundantly that it's actually a cheaper crop. And so our pads and liners can be super affordable. Um, and even our wrapper is made out of a cornstarch. So you can like compost it and every aspect of that product itself like makes me so happy because they work so much better. They feel better and they're more affordable it's just like why are we right. why not every brand doing this and it makes so much more sense it's reducing a lot of agro waste by the bamboo crop itself like not having such a tough impact on the earth um like other crops tend to right so i get so pumped by those they break down in a hump um, in 150 days and traditional pads can break down in between like 500 to 800 years so the difference there is what yeah. <laughs> one bad is like 500 to 800 years on earth so pretty wild <laughs> or like I just hearing years. the numbers like less than a year compared to <laughs> 800 years like <laughs> everyone we have to cancel tampax (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's crazy it is crazy and i feel like this is also something that people don't really talk about because it for the longest time i guess it sort of seemed like 
an unsolvable problem unless you were going to use like a diva cup or something like that Mm -hmm. um which i think is kind of scary to a lot of people um (laughs) i'm just i don't even know what to say about it like it's that's just craziness we've just had such like limited options and i think a lot of the bigger brands have created a a really good narrative that like they are the only brand that exists and Mm -hmm. they are hair care brand and then use that like monopolization strategy to like create these terrible products that we all just have to deal with and now we have so many innovations like we can go to the moon very fast but we haven't figured out period care that just works better like well that was like (laughs) i'm talking about tiktok way too much like i swear i don't waste all my time on tiktok but the sound of the girl that's saying i'm not going to sing it because i can't sing but talking about the 100 Mm -hmm. tampons for like the couple of days that that woman was going to space and they asked if it was enough (laughs) she's like i'm not even on my period I don't need a hundred tampons. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. These are NASA scientists. Those but... are our country's greatest minds. <laughs> That's how the song goes. <laughs> so it think... is craziness. Um, I think a lot of people like close their ears off as soon as someone says the word like period or feminine hygiene or any of those topics, especially yes. a lot of men too. It's like, they're like, Oh, not for me. And block off their ears but there's it's so valuable to understand all how all of this works and like the reason life exists but Mm -hmm. we're so like there's so much stigma around it still and it was really interesting having our like pop-up shop this past week where people had to physically walk by all of the pads and tampons and Mm -hmm. uh, we had like individual products out so that people could feel like how soft the new pad is and all that um and some people were so pumped. We're like, this is awesome. And we're willing to speak openly about it um, with me, like ranting about periods in the corner yeah. of the shop. And then there are some people that would like put their head down and turn away. And it's so fascinating because everyone's kind of on their own journey. It's like, yeah, being more comfortable with menstruation. But it's so wild because those people probably have had their period for like 15 years at least. Right. I mean, it is. I feel like it also is hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, something that's going to change as like our generation has children of their own and are having those conversations in a different way than when, you know, I, I can't speak to your experience. And my mom was like the cutest ever. Like when I got my first period, she like took me out to dinner and was like, you're a woman. And like, I was so excited. Cause I was like, I'm finally going to get boobs never did but like <laughs> but like so many people it's something you don't talk about like i remember friends of like their moms didn't even like show them how to use a tampon like just yeah. read the directions like we don't talk about this just figure it out you know like what <laughs> it's not a shameful thing it's just something natural that happens like it's literally a bodily function that happens to half the world's population and people it can't say the word right it's really fascinating I was talking to a teacher recently who was seeing like quite a few generations of students pass through and she's even noticed that some students the younger students are starting to be a little bit more open even if they're not saying it from like the whole class they'll just actually go up to them be like hey I got my period like 
um, can I go to the nurse? And actually even like using that phrase rather than just yeah. like panic, like running away. Yes. Um, it's, I think I <laughs> made a TikTok the other day as I attempt to make TikToks for the Vivek account every now and then. Um, and it's it was about how I was, <laughs> it's so hard. It's tough. <laughs> our, our Viv intern is like stellar at it. I'm like, obsessed with all the TikToks she makes and I'm like yeah you keep going she's a little younger than us so that's what you need I mean not saying that you can't but knowing from my experience I can't (laughs) I try doesn't doesn't look the same she teaches me all the new trends I'm like I've never seen this before and then like a day later I'm like seeing it all over my for you page you go you know all those trends before I do um but I had made one that was like how proud I would be to like have my future daughter be super open and comfortable about her period. And I think that would hopefully be the case for a lot of kids in that generation. Yeah. I mean, you would really think so just with how open, you know, they're beginning to be about so many other things. Like even if I was talking about this with someone um, after watching the new season of Gossip Girl, which like obviously isn't like an accurate depiction of what high school is really like. But I remember when I went to high school, there were literally like maybe one or two kids that were out as openly gay. And then like Mm -hmm. after, and there were like a handful that everyone was like, we know that you are like, just be open about who you are. Like we love you, whatever. But obviously high school is tough. Um, And then it was like a whole thing of like after graduating high school, you would just like see a bunch of people come out and you're like, yay, finally. But like, I don't know if you watched it, but it was just like ran the gamut of like open relationships, non-binary, gay, straight, bisexual. And like all of them, it was not like a point of discussion. It was just like a fact of like, oh, that's, you know, that's just a part of who she is and she's my friend kind of thing where like, I feel like people were a lot more closed-minded when I was in high school. So it was like a really refreshing thing to see, but I'm sure not all high schools are that far. (laughs) I know. I like to think, I like to think so. I like to think that Gen Z is just like completely flipping in on our heads and it's like, everyone's queer and no one cares. I'm like, that's, that's how I picture high school today, but I have no idea what it's like. I don't plan on like going anywhere near a high school. No. No. <laughs> I stay as far away as possible from those right. places. Yeah, definitely not. And probably also very much depends on uh, where the high school is located. But yeah, still. But no, that is, it's such a good point. Because even like, I remember being in offices at work and like hiding my tampon like in my sleeve as I like walked to the bathroom and like that's such a thing you know like oh no my tampons fell out of my purse like god forbid someone realizes I have a vagina (laughs) (laughs) right I was I was talking about this to Riley who is our podcast host for Voices by Viv and we were it was the first episode we had done and we were like and she was, I don't know why I thought having a period would be unprofessional in some way like that simply does not make sense yes (laughs) yes <laughs> yes it's going, so hide it unprofessional to menstruate like no you, <laughs> that is a very common normal human function <laughs> yeah like maybe it was that way because for the longest time women didn't belong in an office so the men said 
So it was like, make sure they don't remember. That's been really fascinating, like seeing office culture and how it adapts women. I've gotten being in the period care space, gotten really, really passionate about like hormonal health and like our different all of our different phases and how we act and our minds like shift during those phases and how we can be like more productive in some and like creative work is better in other phases and more like sit down focus work is better and there's some phases I'm in where I'm like I cannot get anything done today right. and it's it's a horizontal day <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and um the whole like the world was built for like a male hormonal cycle, which is like a 24 hour hormonal cycle and the corporate world, like traditional world was, but right. if we understand like our own bodies, how they function and can have control over that, or at least the knowledge around it, we could be so much more productive. We can yeah. adapt better or at least prepare ourselves better. Um, even when it comes to like a speaking event, if you know, like during a, your ovulatory phase that you're like feeling more confident and willing to like be more vocal if you can plan around that phase like that's perfect right. but many of us like didn't I don't think I knew we had four phases of the menstrual cycle until a couple of years ago same is- and like I'm <laughs> 29 like that is insane that that like that should be taught in health class yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what but yeah I actually was going to ask you a little bit about that um, just if that was something that you had taken any interest in, um, because I mean, as a woman in general, I feel like it's a super interesting concept. Um, and that's like why I'm getting my IUD taken out next week is cause I'm like, I haven't had a period in four years. I've been on birth control since I was 14. That is 15 yeah. years. Like that's crazy. So we're going to get real, real tight with the cycle. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud. Um, I, I went through going off of birth control about a year ago now. So I'm at my like one year anniversary of being off birth control. Cause I was Yay. so curious as well, like what my natural cycle was like and right. um, kind of wanted to be in touch with like my different phases and Same. my own hormones. And you do have to go through a few months of like the process of going off birth control and support your body a lot, which is right. really interesting. And took took about like three or four months for my body to like re-regulate to some capacity and it's still re-regulating which is just like proves how strong and impactful like birth control is which is really fascinating um but I've gotten really into even like small hormonal health tips like making sure I have like some kind of breakfast before drinking coffee on an empty stomach which was so funny because the intermittent fasting was this like big fad for a while right, and right. I was like oh I'm lazy and don't want to make breakfast this is perfect and so <laughs> done that, didn't realize I was like probably destroying my hormones doing that too it's like chugging iced coffee and being like a health queen like right <laughs> uh, so many of these like fad diets and things weren't not created to support hormonal health and Mm-mm. I think well, most of them are created head. by men really for men yeah. too yeah exactly and our bodies are operate so differently like why are we following the same health and diet plans and right. even just like understanding like, different times of the month you're going to like 
need different foods to support you. So I've gotten really into that and like even like seed cycling and yeah, all those kinds of things. I bored my friends like crazy. We'll be like, it'll be in the morning and everyone just wants to like drink coffee. And I'm like, mm, let's make sure we get our healthy fats in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. I, hey, if you want to bore me, you can bore me because I'm like, I bought like seven different books. And I'm like, why did I buy these all at once? Because now they're just sitting there staring at me. Like, I'm going to just like read, like blow through them. Like, it's like an easy novel. So I have a lot of learning to do. But Oh my God. You'll have to send me those book recs once you go through them. I definitely will. I saw a lot of like, we've at Viv, we've like worked with a lot of hormonal health coaches yeah. and a lot of them I was like starting to follow because I was going through like my own hormonal health journey of coming off yeah. birth control and all of that. And they are not, are one amazing. Like they have done such a great job, like showing Viv and growing, like bringing Viv to their own communities and to have like taught us so much um, internally of like how we can also better support our customers. So big fan of hormonal health coaches as well. Yes. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I have heard some life-changing stories. So I'm excited to get in tune. Um, Well, another thing that I noticed, like I remember on, was it? worlds world trans day maybe i'm gonna butcher that so please don't come for me um trans visibility day that's what it is um and i loved that you guys acknowledged it first and foremost and um kind of brought that issue forward that there are different types of menstruators and they have different issues that they face in terms of finding, you know, the right period care for them. So I, I mean, I know you're not like an expert on the subject, but I would love to kind of hear, you know, what that means to you if there, you know, anything. Definitely. It's been really interesting because at our core, like we are a period care brand. So we're here to right. serve any kind of menstruator. Like if you have a period, we're here to support you. And um, I even have lots of friends who identify as women who just simply don't have periods. And mm-hmm. so we like don't have many products for them. And um, when understanding like who our customers were, like that was a big part. But when I was even back in that more of like the research side of things, my senior year of college, I was realizing that there was so much like misuse of language around menstruation and right. even the aisles called like feminine hygiene rather than just like simply period products or menstrual hygiene products, which they, that is what they are at their core. Um, and we've been creating more content around that to just help with education around using more inclusive language. And we've gotten messages from folks simply saying that how like meaningful it was to them that we're using more inclusive language around periods. And if simply changing like a few words in our vocabulary is going to make someone like feel more comfortable or more feel like they have a voice or at the table like why not anyway um (laughs) yeah yeah and it's 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 wild because again with tiktok we've made some informational like content around like hey here's some really simple things you can do to use more inclusive language around talking about people with periods and yeah. you can say 
for people with periods when talking about menstruation rather than just like women holistically. And um, that one got a ton of backlash too. And of course there are pockets of the the world and the US that just simply are going to be against like anything and against that. We had actually found, I'm like debating about like how much I'll share of this, but we, I found myself on a Twitter page that was like, the title of it was making fun of liberals on TikTok. Oh yeah. And they told that TikTok, which didn't have that many views, by the way. (laughs) So it's like, Hey, Hey, you know what? (laughs) It's like free advertisement for you. (laughs) Honestly. They pulled that has hundreds of comments and it's all from people like coming at me, like, because I was the one that made the TikToks with my face. So right. some are like insulting my appearance and those like basic things. Some are just like, oh, her lobotomy was obsessed. Like it's so wild how something so simple of like using <laughs> inclusive. Yeah, that one was like rather oh, It just makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so much hate from these people who like claim to understand. I don't know. And it just made me realize like how much more important it was that we were having these conversations. Yeah. It's like, wow, there are such big pockets of the world who are so against like just people and like them existing and naturally like, as they are. And that's so right. daunting. And so like as allies to like any kind of menstruator, that's maybe makes it seem like it's even more of our job to help educate and spread awareness and like support them and fight for them. Um, so that was has become a more something I've become way more passionate about yeah. as we continue to build a period care brand. Cause it is kind of like our responsibility. If we're perpetuating the idea that only women have periods, like what are we really doing in the period care space? And are we totally. actually innovative? Are we actually a brand around inclusivity? Um, so something I've been like trying to learn more about myself too. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that yeah. is totally an okay place to come at it from like, Hey, I am no expert, but like I'm creating this brand and I want to make sure that we're including everybody and using the right language. And I mean, anytime that you're going to receive backlash like that, I honestly feel like you're doing something correctly because one, you're garnering more attention and you're garnering it not in a hateful way on your side. And like, it's exactly like you said, like clearly there are so many people that just are super uneducated in it and hopefully it reaches a few and maybe. Yeah, if we could help educate like a few people and they use more inclusive language and that makes one other extra person feel comfortable, like I'm thrilled. Right. It's just as simple as that. And so- and I think everyone's still learning. And so like, if we can totally. to provide that education for people who are actually interested in learning, which are most of our followers, like they are excited to be more inclusive and to grow. And like, like we always say with like our show up imperfectly sign, it's like, we're never going to get everything right as yeah. a brand as people. Um, but if you're willing to learn and adapt and change constantly, I think we're going to be more set up for like success long-term as people and totally. I, I'm excited to can hopefully do that in the future. I always have conversations with my friends about how we don't want to be those like old people who are like, oh, these like crazy young kids or 
like making up all these new things like we want to be adaptive and we want to like right. learn forever and not get stuck in our old like ways or terminologies right well I feel like as a generation anyways we are much more like adaptable like if you really think about the trajectory of like our lives compared to like so many people from generations above us of like it is a one track school college job forever (laughs) save for retirement and then you can like live your life once you're 60 and then you die and like there are like you know one way of living your life two genders this is right this is wrong like and that's just not it's not how the future is going to operate. Like <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, not to get too like meta with life and such, but it's like, we have one of these, we have one of these things called life. Like why are we letting like the status quo or anyone else, like the traditions or whatever worked for someone else, like dictate what we're doing with this. Yeah. Like we have set amount of years on a planet where we can do anything. And if we're all just going to like fit into one path, it's going to be way less interesting. And that feels like a waste to me. Um, So that's my like very. Oh, trust me. Go through those all the time. And I feel like honestly, especially as women, we go through that more because there are different pressures put on us. And like, luckily like I've been recently rewatching Sex in the City for like the seven millionth yeah. time. And every time <laughs> I feel like I pick out different things and I don't know if it's just like where I'm at in life right now in this moment, but like it is wild to me that like these for part of the show, they were like in their early 30s and people acted like they were like pariahs and that they were not like a single life or even like a married life, no children, whatever, like was not a valid choice of like a life path. And like, thank God that's changing, but it, the pressure is still there. It's true. It's so, true. I'm like, men don't face that. That's really true. I know. It's, <laughs> I was also watching Sex and the City for the first time during the pandemic. So I'm like very new to it. And it's oh my gosh. so fascinating. We'll have to chat. I know. <laughs> um, I'm still like halfway through. So I have more to catch up on. Um, but it is really interesting because some things like are still relatable, which makes yeah. me nervous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and so I'm much of it is it. universal just in terms of like, dating and the you know highs and lows but like so much of it is too in terms of you know the pressure yeah to follow a certain you know get married have babies (laughs) yeah even with like different seasons of like cuffing season and people Mm -hmm. like going into relationships yeah fascinating I'm married to my job right now so it's like very daunting yeah but that is you know where you're (laughs) meant to be for sure and it is so funny we're like like people used to hate on Miranda because like they gave her you know kind of like the shittiest clothes and haircuts and stuff but like Miranda was the goat and Carrie sucks (laughs) 
I was following someone, I think it's like an old bachelor person, so it's not the best um, <laughs> source, but mm, I haven't known Nick Vile. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. And he's been going on these like things where he talks about how toxic Carrie is. And it's oh been my God. Really fascinating to like dive into. It is. Psychoanalyze every character. <laughs> it's the best. It really is. But it really, I feel like that is a pivotal point in becoming a grown adult woman is maybe less so for like younger generations who didn't like watch it i mean i wasn't like at the age when it was like out yeah live and everything but like watching it reruns in high school and college and stuff and like people would like die over carrie and then you rewatch it when you're older and you're like girlfriend is a horrible friend she is super selfish, like horrible with money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That would stress me out the whole, the whole time I was watching right? I was like, in New York and that apartment. Like you're doing what you're like, Ugh. I know, but it's, it's a moment where you know that you have grown into some level of womanhood <laughs> is seeing through that. <laughs> you more of a Miranda there, you're like, I've grown up a little bit. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Okay, let's run through a quick little rapid fire to round it out. I mean, I love rapid fires. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay, what does your morning routine look like? Even if um, it's like, I don't have a morning routine. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have one. I do listen to NPR Up First podcast every morning when I get ready. And that's like the one consistent thing in my life right now. I that and that. coffee. After my food, of course. Hormonal yeah. Health. <laughs> Hormonal. <laughs> um, so obviously life as a young entrepreneur probably looks different all the time, but what does your like day-to-day look like? Ooh, it's been interesting because we have a warehouse space now oh, and nice. our team is so small that I still go in there and like send out big inventory orders and like half the time that warms my heart still right. um, shockingly uh. <laughs> like sometimes I can be like cathartic too like yeah. you know I'm gonna just check these boxes fill these things physically have the satisfaction of it leaving my yeah. hands rather than like getting deep in the web of you know budgeting solving problems all of that yeah it's super good break it's a great like podcasting time like podcast yeah. listening time as well um for me but usually it's lots of emails lots of calls and then packing lots of orders and then finally at night when no one can bother me I get all my actual work done (laughs) yeah yeah so very long days yeah recently there have been but they've been I've been much easier on my I'm not gonna I know this is rapid fire so no no no, you're good I asked like a very multi-part rapid fire question (laughs) Uh, recently I've been less hard on myself with structuring my day because I have such an unconventional like non-corporate career path that if it's yeah. a certain hour of the day and I'm like doing a different task than what would traditionally be in a nine to five job like I used to be so mad at myself if I wasn't sitting in front of a computer from nine to five even when I had other things I needed to do that was like I had to go to this location or pack these orders yeah. Um, now I've been much easier on myself about like when I do different tasks, um, which is good for like productivity in general. Yeah, totally. And I mean, obviously 
it's not the four week different cycles, but honoring some of that, like, Hey, my energy is not where it needs to be to like do a super creative thing right now. So I'm going to go pack these boxes or I'm just going to like answer some emails real quick. Like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And that's the beauty of also like owning your business. Like you make the rules for yourself, but it is a hard thing to wrap yeah. your head around for sure. I know coming to terms with that, I was like, this is the one perk of like the constant stress of owning business is that you own the business. So like, why not create a schedule and structure that works better for you? So right. I've been doing that more. I love that. Um, besides NPR, what is one non-negotiable in your day? Ooh, that's such a good question. Non-negotiable in my day. I don't know Maybe food before coffee because I think it hashtag is hormonal health. Coffee. Yeah, that's what it is. I yeah. love it. That's great. <laughs> it's important. Well, um, like sweet every day too. Uh, I like same. I like chocolate constantly. Yeah, definitely <laughs> same. Um, favorite form of movement since I know you are a fitness lover. Ooh, I do love my boxing. Mm-hmm. It has to be that right now. I love that. Got to get that. Got to get work it all out. Yes. I can't think about anything else when I'm trying to get those combos right. So I feel like like a meditative state because I can simply cannot think of anything else. (gasps) My arms moving the right way. (laughs) Did you ever take bags and beats at EBF? Like once or twice. And it was like the most mind intensive thing I've ever done. <laughs> that is a like once you get it meditative workout yeah. but it is that like you literally cannot worry about your outside life because like it's like you develop dyslexia all of a sudden you're like what's a five what's a four three what's yes. one yeah me all the Love time I that <laughs> class, so that was the best um biggest lesson that you've learned since starting viv I would say, I think I mentioned this earlier, but the hardest part is starting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It can be like scary. Just do something like begin now and it's going to be really ugly. And like, now I'm getting on another tangent, no, you're but good. start ugly. That's what I would say. Yeah. Love that. Show up imperfectly. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, okay. This one you can or can't answer. It's totally <laughs> up to you and you might not even have a story. Um, do you have like an embarrassing period story? Ooh. Um, I've been like fairly lucky in terms of embarrassment, but I do remember when I got my period for the very first time ever, I cried for two hours straight because <laughs> I was upset that I was just like, oh my God, I have to have this every month until I'm like 50, <laughs> which is honestly such a rational r- response. It is. Your response was so much more rational than mine. <laughs> Everyone else like celebrates and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like my childhood is over and now I have to be a woman. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That's really funny though. Like, no, like this, this is horrifying. Right. This ain't (laughs) it. You were just a very like introspective little girl, maybe. (laughs) 
you knew it was super logical <laughs> and that you were meant for this the whole time <laughs> it's like this is so terrible i gotta fix it <laughs> love it um all right finish the sentence i'm almost always Um, always late. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I'm almost, almost always late. Not always late, but almost. Yes. <laughs> I like to really, I mean, I don't like to, I just find myself doing it. Like towing that line of like five to 10 minutes, either early mm -hmm. or late. And you never know which one it's going to be really keeps life interesting. <laughs> I like to stress myself out at all times. Yes. Yeah, it's like a it's a chronic flaw of mine that like yeah. when I do it, when I'm on that like later end and I'm so stressed and amped up, I'm like, I had like this is solely my fault. Yeah. I could have left 10 minutes earlier. I was sitting there probably on TikTok doing nothing and I would have saved yeah. myself up stress if I just got up, but right. I simply don't. Yes. <laughs> It's so relatable. Um, all right. And then tell me about a book, podcast, article, show, movie, either that you're currently loving. That's always stuck with you. It can be about periods, entrepreneurship, or anything that tickles your brain. Um, I am a, such a sucker for how I built this. Yeah. Okay. listening to other people's founding stories because I think early on when I'm still a founder and so it gave me some like comfort and hope to know that other people had these like weird struggles or similarities in their journey whatsoever so whenever I had like a bad day as a founder which are plenty there are plenty of those um I would go on like a very long walk and like listen to how I build this episode and be like oh like right. they had this all these normal. struggles well it'll yeah. be okay <laughs> yes I love that yeah give yourself a little perspective bring yourself down to earth a little absolutely yeah love it well hype yourself up where can everybody find you and Viv yeah so you can find Viv at our main website viv yourvcom all of our social media handles or at the three V check us out on TikTok. So, you know, all the random things I'm referencing. To yes. I'm going to go well. follow right now. Yeah. It's hilarious over there. Um, TikTok's a bit more fun platform, Instagram, yes. more educational and lots of beautiful brand content as well. Yeah, your Instagram so is beautiful. Like really into the vibes. Yes. Oh my God. Love to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> where you can find us. Awesome. And I'll link you as well in the show notes, but that does it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.